0: us for the opportunity to worship you to magnify you and to lift you up lord you are worthy to be praised and adored and we love you lord love you because you first loved us you've given us all things you have given unto us all things that pertain to life and to godliness and that covers everything freely given to us and we thank you for that thank you also lord to make a a rich deposit of your word in our hearts today we open up our hearts by faith to receive the engrafted word it's going to help us to live for you and have success in everything we do and we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name amen praise God amen so today we're going to talk about fear and you need to ask yourself the question what do you fear what do you fear man what do you fear fear is such a common um, reaction and response to all sorts of um, situations in life Uh, fear can be a reaction that comes when there is present danger it can be a reaction that comes to imagined danger Uh, fear always presents itself in the form of caution or hesitation hesitation is the result of fear God uh, ordained us to live free and be more or less spontaneous in life, and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, have a life. What what He mean called a carefree life. A uh, carefree life means that uh, you have a life of faith, a life of accomplishment, confidence, and going forward. Uh, when there's hesitation, there's fear, and oftentimes we don't really know what we fear. We just know we're reluctant to. Move, we're reluctant to make decisions. Uh, we'll re- we put things on the back burner and uh, never go back in the kitchen again, so to speak. You know, they just stay back there and, and never get brought t- to the front uh, where they can be confronted and they can be overcome. Uh, we will never overcome what we will not confront so things have to be faced in other words in order to overcome them but Jesus had an interesting uh, discourse on fear and the remedy for it and that's in Luke chapter 12 so if you'll turn there we'll spend some time there because i think it's important sometimes to understand why we're not moving forward and what we're doing in the not moving forward situation and how to get ourselves going uh in god that's the most important thing is to keep moving forward and and boldly and confidently in god in luke chapter 12 about (coughs) the um Versus starting with 13 maybe to 21. Jesus is giving a parable about a, a man who um, is prosperous. And when he doesn't have room to store everything that he's gathered you know he's a farmer with a very successful crop he decides to build a bigger silo to store more things and he gives this parable in response to um, uh, a young man who has been arguing with his brother over their inheritance And so when they argue over the inheritance, it makes it a little difficult uh, for Jesus to give an answer. And then he just uh, uh, boils it down to rebuking them and admonishing them to beware of covetousness. And so whenever God responds to something, he responds because he zeroes in on the root problem of it. And it's not an issue of who who owns what and who's right and who's wrong. That's never the real issue in God's mind. His issue is what's motivating you to struggle with your brother and so he sees covetousness as the problem here and he he decides that he's going to teach them on the proper attitude about things and about earthly things and so he gives a parable about the man who builds a silo and he says this man was so consumed in his natural wealth that he lost out on what was really important and in verse 20 it says but God said to him thou fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee and in in other words this is your last day on earth the only thing that you're going to have left is your soul and you're going to have to give an account of what you've done while you've been here on this earth and this man has nothing to account for it all he's done was store things up and in the storing up he's left it for somebody else to use so you can't take anything out of this life that's material you can only take the spiritual and the soul in other words how did your soul prosper while you were here what did you do for God while you were here what deposit has God made in your life those are the eternal things and so Jesus says the person who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. <clears throat> that person is going to fail at everything. So in this Jesus is telling us how to keep things in proper perspective. He's not saying that you, you don't have legitimate material needs while you're in this earth. But he's saying there's an order In a perspective to keep in mind with the material. The Bible tells us that we prosper and we are in health as our souls prosper. So God has made a way for us to maintain material wealth and also physical health. Those things are very important. One's just as important as the other to your well-being in a natural state down here. And so, but they won't come without your soul prospering in God's Word so that that can be maintained. And that can be established in your life without fail. Uh, you can give health to a person that will go out and abuse their health again. if their soul hasn't come to the realization that the root of their problem is a wicked lifestyle or whatever it is that's tearing them down. They'll just go out and disturb themselves more. And so that's why Jesus when he would heal certain people he'd tell them go and sin no more unless a worse thing comes upon you. That kind of thing. And so that was their cue to follow follow God and not go back into that lifestyle that they had lived before and so Jesus is given similar admonishment here and he's talking here then in verse 22 he said this disciple said he said to his disciples therefore I say to you take no thought for your life in other words don't worry about your natural life Don't let yourself spend one day fretting about it. Don't get into an argument about an inheritance, natural inheritance like these brothers did. Don't be concerned with what is going on in the natural to the extent that you argue, fret, worry, and strive over it. And he says here, he said, don't take any thought for your life, what you will eat, neither for your body, what you shall put on he said the life is more than meat and the body more than clothing so your your life is more consists of more than what you can consume and take in you know oftentimes people uh, gauge their satisfaction in life with the type of uh, food they're able to consume uh, you know I'm tired of beans and hamburger I want steak now why is that do we really have a taste for steak or do we think we're supposed to have it for some reason so then there's a fear creeping in here somewhere. If you're worried about it and you're taking thought and your mind is is grumbling, you know, that grumbling, complaining, dissatisfaction is a result of fear. There's a fear working there. And oftentimes that fear has to do with am I going to be poor all my life? people are projecting into their future some type of doom or gloom or some type of negative situation and you bring it down here in your today life so you're worried about something that's a far off you, you say for instance if you're living at a level many times people when they uh, start to raise a family they have to be conscious of their money you know because here are more mouths to feed and more people around more people to clothe et cetera. Et cetera. you might be concerned about having enough for everybody and you might have some cares or some worries surrounding those things well if you grumble about it That's some indication that you fear that those days will never be over. But most people, your 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 parents will tell you that there will come a time when the nest is empty. And you will have extra money for things. And, and so you'll be able to enjoy some more things or certain things like that. Even in the natural, you'll be able to look forward to a day when that won't be the same way all the time. Things won't be as tight as they are. Or if you're looking for a promotion at a job, you'll see a day where you'll, you'll have... Have more money you'll have more disposable income etc etc but the person who continues to worry has no hope for a better future there so that's one of our fears when we start to get concerned about it, we're projecting off into the future no hope we have no concept that things will get better We have no desire to focus on that this will pass. Just like everything else passes over. uh, You'll come to a clearing. You'll come to a, a brighter day. You'll come to something greater. And I think that fear lingers over us, number one, because we don't apply the word to our situation. See, the easy remedy for this is to grab the word of God and place the word of God into your here and now. And the fear for the future won't be there. See the fear for what's going to be out there uh, is in the steps in the road ahead won't be there if you bring God's word to bear in on these situations. And so many times it's the fear of the uncertain future that keeps us worrying, concerned, uh, all of that of, of, of what's going on from day to day. And in the things that you consider in conjunction with that, for instance, if you are a stock market watcher, and there are some people who watch the stock market and don't have a penny invested in it, they just need something else to worry about. I think, you know, because <laughs> they just want to want to see something to add fuel to that concern. And so oftentimes we'll live a life uh, being drawn to certain bits of information, and we're not sure why we're drawn to that, but we are. And I think it's that fear drawing us to something that feeds the fear instead of renouncing the fear and picking up God's Word and having peace about the future and therefore peace in the here and now because fear of the future will rob you from peace in the here and now you'd be a a nut and a worrier and a, a fruitcake if you don't watch yourself borrowing trouble from your future and so those things fearing the future fearing the negative of the future uh fearing uh if if something isn't present in your life what kind of life is that going to be you know you can borrow trouble on any on any level and so jesus is saying Saying here your life is more than meat and your body more than clothing. Well what does your life consist of? see this is what the other fear the fear that we are not sure what God has for us we're not sure about this life that he has for us we're not sure things are going to work out if we step out in faith we're not sure about any of this stuff and so Jesus is saying your life is more than the material things that you possess what you wear what you eat your clothing etc etc it's much more than that But there must be a a way to tackle this fear and confront this fear so that we can come out with God's understanding of who we are, what we are, and what we're about down here. And so in verse 24 he says consider giving them examples now consider the ravens he said they don't sow or reap neither do they have storehouses or barns and God feeds them how much more are you better than they now one of the things that people don't have a good understanding of is God's God's view of them God's view of humanity God's view of all people and so little by little the enemy can erode your self-image and get you to be questionable about your value Whenever you question your value, that puts a fear in you about what God will do for you. And so, you know, I remember back in the day, we had that long list, who, I, who you are in Christ. Remember, we would memorize that, and we would put it up on the refrigerator, and then, you know, we need to keep things like that up there. You know, then all of a sudden you get cool or you get mature and you take all your reminders down. Or you forget to look at them you know. Uh, some of them we haven't looked at in years because we think we've got that all inside of us. But I can tell you that the conflicts of life can erode that and wear it down again. To the point where you just get back to bottom and square one because you don't really keep that alive. You know if you're war torn and battle weary you can have a lot of attacks in your identity and attacks in your personality and attack. Uh, attacks against your well-being and so keeping in mind your worth as a person and you have to watch your information input because if you get a lot of input from the culture that we live in the society that we live in and it's subtle you don't have to really be focusing on the news but news comes to you anyway and if you get yourself focused in that you'll start to pick up some of this uh, new age understanding where you know people are, are are you know they'll protest if you wear fur now it used to be common to wear fur because people killed animals I mean they've been killing animals since people sinned in the garden and so you you know you had natural fur as a result of just trapping animals for food purposes oftentimes and so people would In order not to waste they would make coats out of those skins and they would be sold and you wore them. After a while it did get to be a status symbol. Certain types of fur were rare and the rich uh, wore those and wore them proudly as a symbol of their wealth and etc. There's always going to be people with negative, you know, I would say uh, unpopular kinds of attitudes about things. There are always going to be the rich that feel they can have anything and have a haughty attitude about things. But that's far different from the people that uh, think... uh, Uh, aborting a baby is is a person's right because that's your body and you have a right to do anything with it and yet those same individuals will get angry at somebody for wearing a fur of an animal that's probably been killed just for the the food or the meat and so we have to see what they've done is somehow they've diminished their image in their own eyes, you know, and this is being spread to all people, so that it's no, uh, it should be no um, surprise to us that we have a whole generation of young people that don't value marriage, don't value their bodies, that will take drugs and uh, kill each other for drugs, all that kind of stuff, because little by little society has helped them devalue themselves in their own eyes, and this must have been a problem even during jesus's day because he had to point out to the people there you are more valuable to god than the birds and if he takes care of them how much more will he take care of you so if you don't take that and meditate on it and root out of your soul and out of your mind all these negative impressions of your value and your worth and all this kind of thing you'll be stuck with the fear that god won't do these things for you because he doesn't value you enough got me or when you do something that you're ashamed of or you know is sin or you know is wrong or know is incorrect you start to lower yourself in your own eyes in value because you've done something to measure up to not being worthwhile or not being any good and so we have to watch this these are the things that that are in your soul and this is what your life consists of your life consists of your image what you think about yourself what you know that God thinks about you how you measure up to God standard that's really what your life is all about your life is not uh, measured at all in the abundance of things even though a healthy mindset will draw prosperity to you a prosperous mind will draw prosperity to you but that is not your life we have to keep those things separated. And I think one of the problems we've had in, in not balancing and not keeping people in the right perspective about uh, possessions versus uh, their personal worth uh, is that we've, we've oversold the blessings of God as making us as being so important to our well-being that we've not sold enough The image of God that he created us in. And our personal image before God. And our value to God. We are valuable to him. All humanity is valuable to him. From the least to the greatest we are all valuable to him. And God now has to come through... Uh, the earth now with a teaching on reestablishing human value and human worth because we have diminished it so much in exalting things and exalting faith to possess things material things down here on this earth we have sacrificed the value and worth of individuals and so when we come we'll come through with a message that gives value and worth to people uh, people hungry people and thirsty people are there to, to lick it up like you know like water because we're so thirsty now for the understanding of of who we are and how important we are to God and so many times when we're not When we're concerned and worried about things, it's because of this fear that we're not valuable to God. It's a fear there. Uh, You can pep talk yourself all you want to, and and if you run out and get things when you're feeling low, you you've missed the whole point. You understand what I'm saying? If if buying one more thing makes you feel better about yourself, then you've missed the whole point of what Jesus was saying here. I lived like that I, I had to make it out to the mall or make it somewhere at least once a week or, or once every other week to feel alive and I realized that I, I was encouraging myself by what my eyes beheld. And I thought to myself, when I got saved, I said, well, I'm going to spend my time in the word. You know, I wasn't working anymore. You know, when you're working, you could throw your money away on a lot of things. But I I was uh, too sick to work and I was, you know, recovering. God was healing me uh, from a nervous breakdown. And so I had to to live off of uh, uh, an allowance my husband gave me which if you all know you know it's pretty (laughs) wasn't no shopping none there (laughs) if you walk went to the mall you just wore out a pair of shoes because you wouldn't buy nothing you understand what i'm talking about Uh, so that brother kept you on a tight leash until you (laughs) showed him some receipts or something you might get some more then you know could you imagine getting a, a monthly allowance you had to show receipts for how you spent everything (laughs) <laughs> so it's you know trained me on how to take care of God's money, you know. So I don't, I don't waste. I'm not frivolous with His either, but you know, sometimes it's good discipline, folks. I mean, you know, I wouldn't argue about it and complain about it because oftentimes God has a purpose in what He does in things. I don't care how dire the straits seem to be. and they're pretty dar sometimes but uh you know it's just one of those things where you you begin to understand hmm this is a discipline i've never been under before and in a way if you think about it, God's taken from me my little crutch, my little uh, candy that I used to nibble on to make my, give myself a treat. So what am I going to do for value and worth now if I don't have that? And so God puts us through these testings all the time to test if we're going to really hold on to uh, understanding our worth by faith. Or are we going to still live like the heathen do in, in trying to live off the material all the time time and so he said if you consider the ravens look at those birds out there and the raven really was an unclean bird and that's why Jesus gave this example Uh, this bird is an unclean bird and God still takes care of him don't you know you're more valuable than a raven and some people don't know that you know I mean when you think about it say, well yeah that makes sense but do you really believe that in your heart? Do you Have you embraced that as being a truth for you that you can see that as far as the animals that God created man is on a whole different level than that man was created in God's image and these animals are created by God's hand but none of them hold the image of God the way man does in fact man was put in authority and dominion over all of the animals of the earth and so we must have more worth in God's eyes if that is where God's positioned us In verse 25 he says which of you which taking in taking thought or which of you by your worry can add one inch or one uh, uh, one cubit to your height. In other words. Is what profit even if you could grow by worrying. Are you able to do that? You don't even know how you grow. You grow by the hand of God. And by the worth that God sees in you. And so you don't even know how to add that to your life. So why are you trying to figure out how you're going to do these things? In other words. Jesus is saying. Being able to increase your height through worrying is just as crazy as trying to figure out how you're going to make it from day to day. How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to work? How are you going to do this or that? You know, many of us have had grand plans for our lives, starting with when we were very small. And I can say most of us can say those plans are altered greatly. Many of them never came to pass, and we wonder what we were thinking when we thought we were going to do those, some of those things. Amen. And so Jesus is saying that He says, if, if you if you think about it, how you spend your Time. Why would you spend your time being concerned about things that most of them you have no power to bring them to pass anyway. So it's just a, a wasted effort and the focus is wasted if you spend your time like that. So many times people fear their future. What's going to happen to me? How am I going to live tomorrow? And the more you can put the word into your future The less you borrow worry and fear from your uncertain future. Because your future in God is very certain. It's very certain. And if you can tap into that. You'll have fewer anxieties. You'll have fewer concerns. All of those things will be diminished. If you will do it like the ravens do. And just go out there and get what you need. Be carefree, worship God, understand God has provision for you. I think the raven knows something most people don't. He knows how to obey what they call instincts. To find food. And those same things work in human beings. It's called the spirit of God. Drawing you to where you need to be. And drawing good things to you at all times. See the raven has total confidence and total faith that God's provision is there. You don't see him out there plucking his finger feathers out and having a nervous breakdown about where the food is he just moves out in faith scouring over the 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 field for a live mouse or you know he'll go out in the street and get some roadkill and so but he knows that the provision is always there he's looking for an opportunity for it to be there unless there are some really really dire uh conditions on the earth all of the needs of all of the the animals are met period a lot of times man does things to upset that you know displacing animals and things of that nature but barring that these animals have perfect understanding that their needs are met and 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 jesus says we should have even more confidence in god because we are worth more than these animals so fear that you are not worth much to god will cause worry it's the root of a lot of worry and a lot of concern you can tell what you fear because sometimes you'll start to recount mistakes that you've made or you'll start to recount uh, you know where I didn't really give like I was supposed to and and that's going to haunt me and all this kind of stuff well start giving like you're supposed to and show God you really repent you understand what I'm saying don't let these problems keep going on and on and on so that they're never resolved and so if we will resolve them and resolve them speedily And consider ourselves forgiven, and it's a new day. We don't have to have these fears of our worth and our value before God verse 25 he says which of you in taking thought can add stature we talked about that he says if you then are not able to do that which is the least why are you thinking about the rest in other words you can't even do these small things (laughs) see growing is a small thing to Jesus you know you just get up one day and you're a little bit taller every time you get up and so he says can you can you do that by thinking about it can you (coughs) can you grow an inch by (coughs) putting your mind to it and he said that's a little thing to do he said how are you going to do these big things like being able to make sure that the job that you're working on all these years is going to be there until you retire you know we didn't used to be concerned about stuff like that but nowadays you have to and you you know you you know that your your retirement is vested after a certain number of years but you don't know if that company's going to be there they go bankrupt now and so these things he says are are way too big for us why spend your time being concerned about them and he says Why are you taking thought for that? Verse 27. Consider the lilies. And he says. And how they grow. He says they don't toil. They don't spin. In other words. They don't have to make their own clothing. Which humans do. But if you think about it. He's offering you a key. And a door. Into something that you maybe never considered before and that is that God may have a, a way for you to be clothed without spending any time effort or money on it just a thought just a thought I can remember a uh, Years ago I uh, had purchased some some uh, bubble bath and stuff like that I had in a basket, and I had purchased it kind of at a discount and these These sales didn't come up very often, maybe like twice a year uh, for the brand that I liked and and I remember uh, somehow some of them a couple of bottles came open, and when I went to lift up the basket. They had spilled out. And I got very angry. And I told the devil, I said, Well, you're giving me back sevenfold everything you stole. And I said, From this day forward, I'm not buying this anymore. And that's been over 12 years ago, and I've never bought anymore. It's all come to me through some type of gift or some type of and I don't mooch it off people you know I know what y'all thinking but well, you know you sit up there you look at people funny and gee stuff I don't do that but I made up my mind to use my faith that what was stolen would return to me and even if it weren't stolen there is still a way to use your faith for the reduction of expenses in your life now let me tell you what what people will do sometimes instead of being led by God and these things they'll try to make up their own rules for this you got me Uh, i'm not going to spend on this or they get to the point where uh, you ever notice that some people when they're they're being given things they have an attitude about it like they don't they don't have the grace to receive from people they refuse to step into that place and so many times people will feel um, diminished When something is given to them, you know, like, well, I should be able to buy this myself, or I'm sick of people. That's the devil talking to people. You got me. Uh, I'm tired of people's secondhand stuff, and I want to get my own stuff. I want to be able to write a check for this, and I want to be able to go out and charge what I want. I want to be able see that's that's the enemy talking to people, because see, the graces is enabled to you to receive graciously what God has provided to you through the kingdom. See, there's a whole different system at work here that we can tap into and God will graciously offer these things to us if we will receive the grace to receive them graciously from somebody. You got me? You don't have to have an ad. And and this is why a lot of times people will stay poor. Is because they are angry and discouraged and they take too much thought for things. Here, you know when God says take no thought. It's like don't judge it. Don't criticize it. Don't care about how it got to you. Don't care. Just know this is me feeding you. Like I fed Elijah through the ravens at the brook. You got me? You don't. You don't grumble about the fact that the bird that brings it to you is an unclean bird you got me because anything can be judged as unclean in our eyes the fact that we we don't have a the means financially to provide it for ourselves has nothing to do with God's provision and desire to provide for us God is not looking at money as our means to do anything He's just looking at answering your prayer and making sure his children are not out in the cold that his children are not not provided for that his children have what they need and that they are exercising their confidence in him to get it to them. And so I am very glad not to have to spend my money on bubble bath and such when the devil has stolen it from me. I'm very glad uh, to receive those things as gifts because I know God's provision in things. And I know that there are times where you can go broke trying to provide your own means of doing things for yourself. And if you don't stop the devil from stealing. See he likes it when you get your heart fixed on something. You know, you got to have certain things. He loves it. Because then he can manipulate you with it. He can steal it from you. He can play tricks with it. All of that kind of stuff. He gets in there through our lust for things. And so what Jesus is trying to do is get us off of that system. Get you on a system of faith. Get you on a system of believing. And get you on a system of knowing your worth. When you come into God's kingdom, you come in understanding that there's a change in value in you. You look at the scriptures and you see how generous God is to his covenant people. And you see, man, this is a step up. Boy, if I could just believe this. I really remember thinking that way a lot of times. And sometimes even now, you know, some of the things that that God has planned for us are mind-blowing and so when you when you think about it your sense of value must increase in order for your faith to be active and working in these things in God's kingdom that, that's got to be and so this fear of not measuring up God, God will attack that thing he really will and he will force you uh, to see yourself as he sees you because until you do that you're going to have a hard time receiving uh, the things that God has for you just a real hard time sometimes when you when you feel that you are in need of things you get more sensitive about how they come to you you'd rather uh, nobody know your need you'd rather get the money on your own you'd rather go and take care of that need yourself than having somebody else present you with something uh, because you, you assume they know your need well I don't really think people need anything I'm just being obedient to God I know for myself it's that way I don't eyeball people and look them up and down and say well they could use some new shoes or they you know we could all use some if you eyeball each other but you know you attempt to be obedient to god and you want to be a blessing to people that's that's major what goes through your mind i think sometimes when people have recurrent difficulties and struggles in a certain area like recurrent money shortages a recurrent poverty that comes in hits them over and over and over and over and over again and they don't know how to get beyond that people can get kind of sensitive to you know accepting things and you know i don't know here i go again i'm always here all you know but god will get you even out of that you know that takes a, a little change of mindset i always tell people it's always minor adjustments the major adjustment was made when Jesus died for us. That was the major thing. Anything to that that we must do, those are minor adjustments that we have to make. Things we need to uh, renounce, things we need to ask God's help with, things we need to move out of our lives, whatever, whatever. Or, or ways that we can increase our faith in God's word. But they are always minor adjustments, but we need to make them if we're going to ride upon the high places that have kind of discouraged us and so he says when you consider the lilies how they grow they don't toil or spin they don't work to make the colors of the petals that they wear or the the leaves that come forth from them how lush and green they are lilies don't work to make any of this and he said yet i say to you that solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these hmm so if you consider anybody who looks at a flower and the the colors of a flower, um, something human-made doesn't even compare to anything like that. You know, even the greatest and finest of apparel. There's something about observing that, and when you think that nobody did that but God that just sprung up out of the earth like that and how beautiful it is you'll see that there's no comparison with what a human being can make even out of uh, God made materials and so he says Solomon was not arrayed as as great as that and he says and if God will so clothe the grass which is in the field today and discard it tomorrow they just wither and die and they're cast into the fire he says how much more will he clothe you oh ye of little faith and so fearing that we're not as valuable as a plant that grows up will cause our faith to diminish in God faith for everyday provision comes from a good image of our value and our worth to God he says God does everything beautifully. He doesn't care how long it lasts. How long it's on the earth. Just because that plant isn't going to live forever. It doesn't mean God's not going to do his best to make it beautiful. Just because uh, some of the things that we have on this earth are not going to be here forever. It doesn't mean he's not going to give us his best. And give us wonderful things if we'll believe him for them. I can remember when I was younger I always liked nice things I always did and, 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 and that's pretty normal for human beings you know if you, you say for instance if you have a, a small child and you give it something and they'll look at it well I don't like that mommy that's ugly. We all have a sense of something wanting to possess beautiful things. We all have that. There's something because God made that for us. If he made that for us we must get some joy out of watching things that have beauty to them. That have sparkle to them. That have shine to them. Uh, People value a new car much more than they do an older rusted say a beat up one. Why? Because the things that have beauty we consider more valuable valuable than the things that have lost their beauty and that's just normal for human beings and so uh, in in that I just always thought well when I get older uh, when I grow up and I'll I'm able to have my own money I'll get this 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 and this because I like those things and that's pretty common for people to want to do you you look for the day when you have no restrictions on your finances and this is what i'm going to do you know i'm going to have a great big house and it's going to be lavishly furnished and i'll have some back stairs for the servants and you, know, because, you know we go through the drill of all of our likes well as life goes on, you get a little more realistic. You you know, if you say for instance, if you want a, a large family, you realize if if the money doesn't afford you both, you know you put your family first, you put the necessities first, those kinds of things. And so your your ideas about how you're gonna spend your wealth are are shifted. They're shifted. But somehow you still like things. I mean your likes don't really change. You know well one day if I ever get enough money. I'll get this and that and the other. But right now I've got to spend it. You know wisdom says I spend it on. You know instead of taking food out of my children's mouth. And wearing it. Then I should put food in their mouths. And and, you know we'll put those off to a later day. If they come at all. And so they get to be um, maybe like dormant desires. Hidden desires. That's why you see a lot of times uh, retirees uh, driving the Corvette finally. You know, they talk about the gray hair w- with the convertible top because they couldn't afford it when the children were at home. Now they can finally afford it and they're going to have that Corvette. And, you know, even if they got to take some leave to get down there and get up. <laughs> you know what i'm saying you'll <laughs> get in that corvette now <laughs> it might take them a little bit to get out of it again but but anyway but i i noticed that i still enjoyed nice things but they weren't it wasn't about taking money buying a lot of stuff you know it just and then after i got saved It was more like well God what do you want me to do. And that that bumped up onto the priority list. But I noticed God still blessed me with things that I liked. You got me and they came free. And that's how I know God blessed me with them because I didn't have to pay for many of those things. Just just nowhere, you know, it's out of nowhere. I remember when my, my uh husband's parents were sick, they both uh got sick and passed away within two years of each other. And we were so caught up in caring for them, and taking care of them, and, and my uh, my husband had had uh, at one point after his dad passed away, he had his mother's finances, everything transferred, you know. Uh, well he was the final beneficiary of course of her insurance but you know assets that his dad had which were all money uh, he had transferred into him and his mother's name so that she had somebody there to manage things for her without him going to court and so forth. Well he had taken uh, years before he had taken uh, his dad to the bank and Convince him instead of keeping his money in a savings account that was maybe only three percent a year, if that. I'd kill for three percent now. You know you don't get anything close to that anymore. But this was like during the mid '80s when inflation was rampant, and and so he put him into certificates of deposit that were like twelve and thirteen percent, and so those things had accumulated, accumulated, and accumulated, and before you know it. he had over $50,000 when his mom passed away. Well, that was the seed money for the house that we had wanted you know for years so, you know my little dream house when you're a kid i'm gonna have a great big house with a well you know when you know you got to move in there and clean that house you three bedrooms bath two bathrooms and we done you know and so it, but things came like that you understand what i mean no stress no toil no sweat pretty much appeared without your even focusing on it too much they were there and that's the kind of growth that God wants for his children in the kingdom that as they yield to his ways of doing things and keep your focus off stress and worry about what you're going to just basic things if you can push that and accept that that's taken care of It's taken care of. If you start worrying about things, just say to yourself, you know what, Father, forgive me for worrying. I remember now that that's taken care of. I'm considering the lilies of the field, how they grow, they don't toil, they don't spin. That is taken care of because you love me and you said that's mine. I am worth more than any ravens I'm worth more than the lilies of the field they don't even work to get beautiful clothes and I'm not either sweat wise you know I might go to my job got to go to your job you understand what I'm saying but I'm not going to sweat it I'm not going to be concerned about it because I know that you're going to give it to me with no sweat and no stress and so he says how much will he clothe you? And he calls that little faith because if you can't believe for basics, how are you going to believe for the biggie when that one comes? You've got to get your faith in on some basic level and build from there. You can't just jump, leap over uh, the small hurdles. And leap into big supernatural faith. When you don't have the faith for the basic provision. I've seen the, the devil take people out. When they thought they were going to go on to a, a big ministry. And all this kind of stuff. They get taken out because of these things get to be stumbling blocks to them. When you start... <coughs> considering that God wants to uh put you in charge over his flock and and have you tr- uh uh travel here and there you know that's why we get these flaky uh notes from preachers that that want you to guarantee them so many thousands of dollars and put them up in this kind you get a list as long as your arm of their requirements why because they don't think they're worth anything They really don't. Because why are they demanding from you that you make them feel worthwhile by spending money on them up front when they don't even feel that they're worth it in themselves. It's a cover up. It's a straight up cover up. I don't care how big their name is. There's something wrong with somebody who calls himself a servant of God that cannot trust God that when they get to that destination the provision is more than adequate for them. They got to they got to do all of this upfront stuff and all of this and I'm not mentioning anybody's name so I don't know who you're talking about but I'm not talking about anybody in particular but you know you don't do that to people but this is something that you you have to understand that people will try and get themselves to a place At your expense where they need to pay the price for it in their prayers and in their meditations and the word and so forth. They can't stick you with trying to make them feel important because you spend money on them. It's wrong. It's wrong for a servant of God. It's wrong for anybody who's trusting in God. And so he says verse 29. Don't seek, seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. This is the other problem. Fear brings doubt. When you go into prayer and you expect God to do things for you. He said don't be of a doubtful mind. When you come out of that situation you need to come out confident that God's provision is there. It's more than enough. It's more than adequate. And if you will ask him to provide for everything that's on your heart he will do exactly what you ask him to do. We have not oftentimes because we ask not and then sometimes when we ask we try to add things to it to make us seem like we have greater faith than what we really have you got me you'll get into the old who faith whose faith is the biggest trap (laughs) you know you'll start adding things well I want this and I want that you know you don't really believe in your heart you don't really believe makes you nervous to think about having those things and so we have to not be of a doubtful mind just be straight with God and let him know what you believe and then expect him to do more than what you ask or think that's a good way uh, to keep in 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 Keep your faith where where it needs to be where it's honest and pure faith and it's not Added to and pumped up and inflated by what you think other people are expecting you to say you want. So we can't get involved in that. He says this is why. He said if, you, if you're concerned about these things. He says the heathen think about that all the time. He said those things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows what things that you have need of these things. So really what he's saying is. The, the way you're thinking if you're fearful is the way you thought before you got saved. See you brought that old mentality in to the new situation. And so he wants to give us a new mentality to go with our new surroundings. A kingdom mentality. And he says in verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Here's your answer. Take no thought. Why? I'm too busy seeking the kingdom. Take no thought. Why? I'm too busy seeking the kingdom. What does that mean? That you're seeking God in his word. See if you, have, if you have concerns and you have fear. Say your fear is that you just don't think God's going to do it for you. Uh, you don't know why. If you seek the kingdom, Jesus will answer those things for you. The Holy Spirit will search out your heart and will lead you to places in the word that will correct whatever that deficiency is in your heart that is causing you to be doubtful of God. Say it's that you you don't think God wants to do it. You don't really feel you're worth what so and so is worth or you're worth this. I went through that for a while with, with healing ministry. And I was thinking that, you know, I would see Gloria Copeland minister and I think, boy, I really would like to. I said, God, he said, if I do it for her, I'll do it for you. You know, it was just that simple. Sometimes we can over glamorize people in our minds and think there's something about them that's different from us. God loves us the same and if he will put you on a program now you know what, Gloria might have be more diligent in her study than I am at this point and that's why God blesses her but I can do the same thing you got me I can be just as diligent or forget about how she does her thing and seek God for what how he wants me to do my thing over here you got me and so compare spiritual with spiritual not what you've heard about somebody or what you think you see in them from where you can can envision things and so he says if you seek the kingdom all these things will be added to you every single thing if you seek the kingdom if you seek God's way of doing things. You seek to be right with God. You seek to obey the great commission. You seek to spend your time in prayer and understanding God and understanding his ways. Pray for somebody else. Get somebody else's prayer on your lips. Share your faith and, and, and infuse it into somebody else's difficulty. That's seeking the kingdom. Get in there. Find out what's on God's mind instead of what's in your little world so what Jesus is saying here is if you will live like I expect you to live he says I said go into all the world and preach the gospel see i can tell people who have a kingdom mentality they are faithful in their prayer life see when people stop praying for other people that's an indication that they have drawn into themselves that they're so concerned about me i can't you know can't keep up with the prayer partner because i got too much going on huh you need to go back to what got you where you are you got me? Uh, the, being kingdom minded doesn't get us in trouble. It will get us possessions and things and things of that nature because God adds them to us. But don't let your possessions, don't let the blessings of God get to be a burden to you where you can't continue to seek the kingdom. You got me you've dropped from seeking God's way and seeking his will and doing everything for God putting him first etc etc you seek doing that because now you're consumed with the day-to-day maintenance of, of what you possess and so we have to be careful that we don't get overwhelmed with those things When he talked about the man in in verse 24. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. That's your job. Many times the job will start to make demands on us. And we need to know how to put that right back into its proper place in our lives. And go on seeking the kingdom. God you gave me this job but there are sinners all around me. How do I witness to them? How do I lead them to you? How do I make myself available to them for when they have difficulties and problems, etc., etc.? Put me in a position where I can manifest your kingdom here. I don't want to just be a worker, but I want to be your worker here in this atmosphere. And God will raise you up to a place that you won't even believe. You got me? They'll know when, well, so-and-so, you know, she's always going to offer to pray for you. Or, you know, she's a church girl she goes to church her church is real important to her those kinds of statements made about you lets you know that you're in your proper place there and God has positioned you there and if you will keep that first God will always add to you you won't have a problem with anything ever because the kingdom will come first with you just like it did with Jesus so remember that the Ravens talks about working your workplace the lilies of the field is about what you what you're clothed in and when he says don't seek what you're going to eat or drink of course we know that's referring to your your daily food provision <clears throat> things like that god will free us up in so that we don't get ensnared in certain things where we figure we have to have certain things a certain way or we're not satisfied you know if you stay kingdom minded the provision that's made for you will be a joy and a blessing to you no matter what it is if it's beans it's beans enjoy your beans if it's steak it's steak enjoy your steak but don't get trapped in that thing where you have to have. I can remember my mother worrying about Christmas all the time. Because she had to have certain things. And you just it's, it's just a trap. And I think to myself. I said boy. And my mother knew how to pray. And, and get certain things in our lives in an effective way. She just didn't do it consistently. Because worry took over. You know, worry takes over when you don't have a consistent life in the kingdom. And so when you have that consistent kingdom, uh, you, you will have that constant infusion of provision of things. It's, it's an automatic thing. I remember when, uh, when we first started the ministry and Pastor Shirley, her kids were still teenagers and, <clears throat> You teenagers will tell you they're in one place and they're totally someplace else. You know, a lot of times parents find out where their kids have been and they're shocked. You know, well, I thought he was so and so and such and such. You know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So, she was concerned about them. But we had a trip coming up that we had an opportunity to go to a conference where we knew we would learn a lot about this work that God had called us to do. And uh, she kept wondering what to do, what to do. And so God told her this and she never forgot it and she always stuck with it. She said if you, God said if you will take care of my business I will take care of yours. If you will take care of my business I will take care of yours. And that's seeking the kingdom first and things will be added to you one of the things that we found that is is we would um have prayer and prayer partners oftentimes you were partnered with someone who has similar concerns that you had and as you prayed for one another god would begin to bless the whole thing it's like children the problems with teenagers and kids got uh, uh, resolved very very quickly you know we saw miracles come quickly because of the prayer of agreement and setting aside your worries and your cares and investing your faith and your prayers into somebody else's life those things work and all those things are considered seeking the kingdom seeking God's way of doing things put yourself under the discipline of not being concerned of what you will eat what you will drink and what you will wear and then those things will be added to you so where we used to live is where the heathen live now that's where you used to live you're moved into a kingdom that has no end that is ever increasing that's full of prosperity and full of life so seek that life don't seek to brood and fear when you find yourself brooding and fearing just pull yourself out of that and say nope god i'm going to seek your kingdom what is it that you have for me today and all the things will be added to us oftentimes we fear how the father feels toward us you have to understand the love of god and spend time meditating on scriptures that deal with God and His character and His dealings with people. Amen. See yourself in that. Many times we'll look at some of the prophets of old and we can't imagine, whoa, how somebody could live like that and all it's not a, a fairy tale. If you will stay with those those stories and meditate on them, you'll see yourself in them. I know God forced me to do that when we first started this ministry. I'm, I, We were uh, in a church and there was a, a very strong uh, Pharaoh spirit over that place where people were just beaten down and uh, you know you, you had to do this and do that or God would not go bless you and I mean there was very little faith there whatsoever but God showed me how to discern and how to go into the word and pull yourself up out of that and understand and your freedom from that and your freedom to use the word and use your faith all of those things but while still getting out of Egypt what was the little bit of god that was there we were able to extract that and then just not accept everything else and that's the way the world is you're, you're in a world you don't live in a bubble we don't live in a this like pretend atmosphere where nothing bad ever occurs here and nothing bad happens but it doesn't have to come near where you live you can keep it away from you uh, through trusting God and trusting in the Holy Spirit I learned how to rely on the love of God that God loved me and a loving God God expects you to do what you're able to do and not over and above what you're able to do and keep your life in a strain he, he expects his yoke is easy and his burden is light and you can learn those things under somebody who is teaching you incorrect things sometimes if God has you under that discipline and what it taught me was how to stay with the faith of God and stay with the love of God and stay with encouraging people that God had certain things for them not if you did everything right but if you would repent and get back in righteousness that righteousness is available to you at all times and so you need to come out of legalism sometimes and come in out of works and into the grace of God which comes by faith and so we were we were taught how to use our faith even in situations where uh, it wasn't taught all the time I'm not saying everything was 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 taught all incorrectly there there are many correct things that were taught there but how you apply them makes all the difference in the world you have to apply them through the grace of God so sometimes we're fearful about whether or not God wants to bless us you know we can get confused about those things not sure if he really wants to take care of us whenever you're in a position where you are a, of a doubtful mind and in that doubt is trying to work into your heart and get you to miss what God has for you you need to get with the the part of the word that talks about how loving God is and how gracious he is how he has been with people even through their mistakes he's been with people uh, in that so that you can reaffirm the love of God working in your life so that your faith will work I was reading this week some uh, some um, uh, uh, some essays uh, by George Mueller he was the uh, gentleman in the 1800s uh, that had a, a um, uh, you got to get that back for me he had an orphanage in England in the 1800s, and he had decided he when he first prayed and asked God for the ministry for the orphans, he had decided that he would tell God and God alone what his concerns were and what their needs were for the children in the orphanage. And so I was, uh, I have found, I <laughs> found a couple of things I want to share with you in that. Got to go way up, I think. Oh, that's how you turn your pages. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it real quick for you. Because he really has some, some good faith filled uh, instances where he was, uh, got answers to prayer where there was nothing there except him and God. And I think it 's it 's a tribute to his determination to trust God and God alone. See this is the thing when you're when you 're tempted to get worried about something and this was his what I was going to show you was how he handled uh, his worries and his temptations to fear instead of being fearful, he saw. This as a test of his faith, of his faith being challenged by God. Now, if your concept of God isn't correct, you'll resent your faith being tested. And you'll fear your faith being tested. And you'll run away from the test. You'll decide you don't want it. You're not interested. It's not worth it. I don't think that's right. Did God really tell me? That's being of a doubtful mind. And he fought doubtful mind, doubtful mindedness by looking at all of these things that came as welcome challenges. Welcome challenges. Where he saw that... You know the old saints considered their faith being tested as an honor that God heard that prayer and he was taking that time out with them to strengthen their faith so that their faith faith to them was everything. The kind of faith that moved mountains was everything to these people and they lived in a place where they would anticipate God making certain challenges as a sign that God was with them and he was honoring that prayer. You understand me? And they were the better for it when they came out on the other side of that test even though they may have to go for up to the last minute without what they needed for provision or they got down to the last quarter. and. All this kind of stuff. They saw it as an honor that God was, was allowing them access to greater faith. And I think that's something we can learn from. Because I'm telling you it's not getting any easier. It's not going to get any easier to do any of God's work in the earth. You can look at the signs are all there. <laughs> We've got... Christians being persecuted, homes being burned in Pakistan all of these uh, onslaughts against Christians, they are people filing suit in this country left and right uh, in our country it's intimidation it's the old Pharaoh You know, he wants to hold people so they can't go to worship God he wants to hold people so that they can't be free to worship God he wants to hold you working 24 7, 7 days a week so that you never get a day off to rest in the Lord and, and get to know your God, and so we have to, as believers, understand that your faith is going to meet up against some real opposition in this world. It's it's going to, but if you, but but understand this: God never expected for your life, your health, and your your material things that you need to be a, at a, a sacrifice if you don't do certain things. You got me. That basic provision is always there for each and. Every Every one of us, if we'll accept it by faith, and refuse to get wound up about it, refuse to get see that's never in jeopardy when you're in the kingdom. Never, he said. Consider the lilies of the field. Why are you considering how you're going to do it, and you didn't? You're not able to do it anyway. On a good day, you can't provide for yourself, really. And so, and don't get get the impression that that's any kind of uh, blow to your self esteem. Let your self esteem get blown. As long as you're considering your faith in God and trusting Him for everything, but God never meant for us to live uh, by the sweat of our brow after we come into the kingdom. You are you. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. You spend your time worshiping Him, focusing on Him, meditating. Don't let this world put you under pressure to stay too busy to do what God expects you to do. We we are we live in a different kingdom. Our kingdom kingdom is way above that of this world and it can command the things of this world the material realm you command into your life by your authority in the kingdom they just come into your life you don't struggle and you don't fear because God loves you and he wants provision made for you it's already made amen father we thank you for your word and understanding and Uh, The ability to come into your presence and, and to know your love and to know everything that you have for us. So we thank you for that Lord and we bless you and we praise you thank you Lord that you're an on time God you're the greatest God you are the great God and we love you for it and we thank you for it in Jesus name Amen you know what I'm going to bring that uh, reading for you tomorrow for some reason I didn't put it in my bag but I'll I'll bring it tomorrow because it's worth listening to and I think uh, many of these saints who have done uh, great things with very little can teach us a lot it's not just the people with all the big, uh, big names and big mansions and big this and big budgets but it's the people they can teach us some too but the people who uh just started out with raw faith and and got great things built for god we we need to study from them as well so we'll bring that in tomorrow amen if you need prayer come on up i'll pray for you praise the lord